the book of Nehemiah, chapter 6. You can continue to worship while I read. Now when Sanballat and Tobiah and Geshem the Arab and the rest of our enemies heard that I had built the wall and that there was no breach left in it, although up to that time I had not set the, up the doors and the gates, Sanballat and Geshem sent to me saying, come and let us meet together at Hakephirim in the plain of Ono. And they intended to do me harm. And I sent the messenger saying, I am doing a great work and I cannot come down. Why should the work stop while I leave it and come down to you? And they sent to me four times in this way. And I answered them in the same manner. In the same way, Sanballat for the fifth time sent his servant to me with an open letter in his hand. And it, and it was written, it is reported among the nations and Geshem. These reports you wish to become their king. And you have also set up prophets to proclaim you concerning you in Jerusalem. There is a king in Judah. And now the king will hear of these reports. So now let us come together and let us take counsel for that. Then I sent to him saying, no such things as you say have done, been done, for you are inventing them out of your own mind. For they all wanted to frighten us thinking their hands will drop from the work and it will not be done. But now, everybody said, but now, but now, oh God, <laughs> strengthen my hands. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> I want to speak to somebody right now who might be trying to do some things. And it seems like the more you try, the enemy keeps raising up his ugly head. I want you to say, but now, oh God, <laughs> strengthen my hands. Scripture, other related scriptures, and the aid of the Holy Spirit, I want you to say with me this time and give a praise. I want you to talk to the devil this morning. I want you to talk to your enemies this morning. Somebody shout out, I ain't got time for that. <laughs> Somebody give God a praise in the place. Hallelujah. You may be seated in the presence of God. Jesus. The Spirit of God is in this place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We've been talking about picking up the pieces. We've been talking about building back broken pieces of our life. Pieces that may have been broken for some for 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years. For some, it may be events that happened in your childhood. Traumas that you've never talked to anybody about. Something from a bad marriage or something from a bad relationship to which you have never told the soul. But God is able to help you pick up the pieces and build again. And as we close out this series, not the chapters and not the book, but out these series, God has pressed this upon my heart. He has given me a word this morning for the people of God as I begin to read about Nehemiah. And Nehemiah has begun to do what the detractor said could not be done. They didn't want Nehemiah to rebuild the 
Oh, they didn't want Nehemiah to put his life back together again because they were with him. They were more empowered when he was weakened. They had more advantage when he couldn't do for himself. You know, some people want to keep you weak, Brother Ernie. Pastor Ernie, they want to keep you weak because if you get strong, that means you don't need them and you can't feed their ego. Some people need to be needed and want to be wanted to hunt. And in this day and time, we have a lot of people that will actually attach to us. And the natures of their relationship to us is not symbiotic. Pastor, what does symbiotic mean? It means mutually beneficial, which means that I benefit from the relationship with you and you benefit from the relationship with me. But most times now, those relationships are parasitic. People keep people around them because they want to keep mess in your life because it makes them feel better about their own. They, the, the enemy has tried through these past few weeks. We saw how we can overcome the enemy and how the enemy will use a war of words to try to discourage you. We've talked about how the we can use words to either encourage or discourage. We can use words to build people up and we can use words to tear people down. And Sanballat and Tobiah have been trying to use their words to tear down Nehemiah. They have tried to use words. They have tried to use threats, but none of them seem to work. <laughs> the enemy has used campaigns of fear and intimidation for years, but it has not deterred the people of God. And because those things have not you have not been effective, he decided to use a different tool, brother Dave. He decided to use a different type of warfare. When the enemy cannot destroy you, the enemy will try to distract you. <laughs> Whom the enemy cannot destroy, he will try to distract because if he can distract you, eventually distraction will bring destruction. Because God has given you a purpose and a plan for your life. God has only given you so many years on the earth to accomplish what he's given you to accomplish. And this is what the enemy hopes to do. For those of you who do not know what how football works, uh, when you won a game and you really don't want to keep playing the game, when you get within enough minutes when you have a timeout, there is what's called a victory formation. And what that victory formation is designed to do is designed to say, I might not have been able to beat you on the field, but right now I've got a slight advantage. And rather than risk you accomplishing your goal of scoring, rather than risk you being able to accomplish what you want to and win the game, I'm going to take a knee. Why am I going to take a knee? Because I want to run the clock out because once the game is over, it's over. I submit to you this morning that the enemy is trying to keep us distracted. Why? Because the Bible says it's appointed to man once to die and then the judgment. Job said that a man born of a woman is but a few days to hunt and he's full of trouble. You know what that means? It means that we are born with a beginning date and we are born with an end date. And what the enemy tries to do is... He tries to distract us because if the, all the time we're using not going toward winning the goal for the cause of Christ means that our clock is running out. <laughs> and so the enemy has his own victory formation, Brother Austin. It's called distraction. 
<laughs> and he has become a master at distraction. He's become a master at keeping us focused on the things that will not help the purpose of God in our life. He's become a master at keeping us distracted from doing the things of God. How do you know? He puts up all sorts of things that will keep us from serving God. For those of you who own social media, who are watching by social media, that means you are at least uh, adept enough to go and start looking through Facebook or YouTube or TikTok or Twitter or wherever you are. And that is one of the enemy's main distractions. You know why? Because you can spend so much time on TikTok that TikTok will put a person up there on an algorithm to tell you, hey, you might want to take a break. You've been looking at this too long. In other words, you have spent your time watching people give you inspirational videos and giving you all these pep talks. You have spent and wasted your time watch, watching somebody else live out their purpose while you sit and do nothing with yours. We sit and we become distracted and it's time for us to pray. It's time for us to read our word. It's time for us to evangelize. But oh no, Brother Ernie, we can't evangelize. You know why? Because there is something going across the bottom of our TV screen that says breaking news. <laughs> and because it's breaking all of a sudden, we have to pay attention to it because if we don't pay attention to it, we might miss something that the world is being destructed. Well, you can get that from your Bible. There's nothing wrong with looking at the news. There's nothing wrong with being informed. But I submit to you today that many of us have used the news and it has become a distraction. For we watch the news more than we sit on our knees. We watch the news more than we read our word. We watch the news more than we try to find out what God has and live according to that purpose because who the enemy cannot defeat, he will distract. Because while you're distracted, you're not praying. While you're distracted, you're not working for God. While you are distracted, there's nothing wrong with watching and doing the things that I told you about. But what's wrong with it is when you allow it to take up more attention than you give to Almighty God. What's wrong with it is when your kids can't get your attention because your face is stuck in a cell phone. What's wrong with it is that your family and your wife or your husband can't get your attention because you're trying to see the latest video on Twitter or your major television show for people you will never meet while ignoring the people who live in the house with you. <laughs> he doesn't have to come and defeat your family. All he has to do, man, is distract you. Because absentee fathers and fathers have nothing to do with the geographical location of the father because you can be absent in the house. You can be in your house and ignoring your children. You can be in the house and ignoring your spouse. You can be church and ignoring God. Your body is here, but your mind and your presence is not. You're thinking about what's going on or what game is coming up or what you got next after pastor finishes. And I hope he's not long-winded today because I got plans. You are distracted. And the enemy is defeating you because he is distracting you. And because Sanballat and Tobias had determined that they cannot defeat Nehemiah one way, they decided they would defeat him another. I've tried intimidation. I've tried to discourage him. 
I've tried trash talking, but it seems the more I talk trash, he's still getting stuff done. How do you get stuff done? Brother Bob, we, I was having lunch with Brother Bob for a teacher's meeting. He, he didn't get to come to teacher's meeting, so I took him to lunch. And we went to lunch, and he took me to lunch, rather, and we talked about it. And Brother Bob said, and I don't think he'll mad mind. He said, Pastor, when I look at you, sometimes you make me sick because you can get more done by 9 o'clock than I can get done all day long. And I said, Brother Bob, it's not that I'm moving faster than you are. It's just that I don't allow things to take away my focus. When I want to accomplish something, I'm not going to allow it to take away Turhan, my focus. For I have a family to raise and a church to shepherd and a wife to care for and a, and a life for Christ to live. Paul put it this way. He said, forgetting those things which are behind. Stop focusing on the path and looking toward those things which are ahead. He said, I got to focus on what God has assigned me to. And if you do not focus on what God assigned you to, whether or not you know it, you have started working for the enemy. You have started working in espionage. You are a secret spy in the camp of the enemy. Why? Because if you are not working for God's purpose, you are working against God's purpose. <laughs> the enemy has used attraction and discouragement, but he had decided to try to defeat Nehemiah another way. They decided that I can't defeat Nehemiah while he's on the wall. So what we need to do is get him away from, hallelujah, his purpose. <laughs> See, it doesn't matter how much Nehemiah wants to build the wall. If I can get him away from the wall, I can get him away from the safety of his people. And when I get him away from the safety of his people, for if you read Nehemiah, Nehemiah has not taken the threats lightly. Nehemiah has told his people, keep a sword in one hand and a hammer in the other. Nehemiah has defenses set up to protect himself from all the traps of the enemy. But they know. If they can get him away from his security blanket, if they can get him away from the ark of safety and stop him from focusing on what he decided to focus on, although he's rebuilt the wall, there are still no gates and Israel is still vulnerable. I want to speak to somebody who's given your life back to Christ. And, and this is never a slight on anybody, but I've seen this many times in Christendom. Somebody gives their life to Jesus and they don't have a job and they're really focused on serving God. And all of a sudden they get a job and they can't come to church because the job made them tired because they have become distracted. I've seen many of people who have decided that they love the Lord and they're going to turn their life around. I've seen many a young lady come into the church and they're loving God and all of a sudden, but they're tired of being lonely, Sister Wall. And when they're tired of being lonely, here comes this big strapping young man and he knows two or three Bible scriptures and they say, that's good enough for me. And then the next thing you know, they're not at church at all because they have allowed that relationship to get them distracted. Oh, I just watch it online. You distracted. If you're within, a, if you're allowing the enemy to distract you, sometimes online is good for the sick and the shut in. Online is good for people who can't make it. Online is good for people who don't have a way and have cause to come to church. But if you stayed up all night long, but you're tired to get to church, it's because you have been distracted. 
And the enemy is not worried about you. You know why, Pastor Ernie? Because all he has to do is take a knee and run out the clock. And you're going to defeat yourself. They said, come to us in the plain of, oh, no. I know it's a different language, but when I heard the word, oh, no, that was a sign for me. Oh, no, I'm not going to be distracted from what God has called me to. I know you said you wanted to hang out, but I'm going to hang out after I leave the church. I know you said you had a party to go to, but it's 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock. I got to be up early. And just like I go in early to get to work, I'm going on early so I can be on time for church. I know that you said you needed a few more minutes at the office, but guess what? The office will take care of itself. Bible study is on Wednesday night, and I'm tired of the enemy beating me up inside and down my head. I'm going to get undistracted and focus on what God has called me to be focused on. <laughs> Pastor. I heard you say that if you give and you're generous, God will bless. The Bible says that he who refreshes will be refreshed. The Bible said the Lord loves a cheerful giver. And when, when you didn't have anything, you started giving and God was blessing you and he was rebuking the devourer off of your life. You can't be cursed, but he was rebuking. The, if you're saying he was rebuking the devourer because he promised that whatever a man sold, he would reap. But as soon as you got more than $5 in your pocket, you decided that it was too much to give to God. And you found all sorts of other stuff you could do with your money. And now the blessing that was on your life, you're not cursed. But you gave away an extra blessing and you can't figure out why things are going topsy turvy in your life is because you financially have gotten distracted. You stopped giving to God and started giving to yourself. But I've come to tell you, you'll run out of money, but you God's giving. David put it this way. I was young and now I'm old. Brother Ernie, I'm not old, but I am old enough to realize that when I get up in the morning, I don't get up quite as fast as I used to. I'm, I'm, I'm that years old. And, and here's the thing. In my short lifespan, I realized this, that when I was young, Brother Ernie, my, my, my brother taught me to give. I had my first job when I was 15 years old. And the first thing my brother taught me to do was tithe and give to God. And you know something? I've never run out and even though other stuff would go and I'm not and I was managing my money and it got tight I stayed focused on what God was doing in his plan so when people look at you brother Ernie and say you're blessed and they wish they had what you had if you do what I do you'll have what I have there's no secret what God will do what he done for others he'll do the same for you you have to not be distracted Come, let us. They invite him to get away from what God is calling him to do. A lot of folks want you around them because they're not doing anything with their life. And so they don't want you to do anything with yours. I got, I, I'm sorry, but I ain't got time for that. I'm sorry, you, you got time to and you got time to hang out all the time and do other things, but I've got dreams and I've got goals and a limited amount of time. I'm not talking to the overachievers who have an unhealthy need for achievement and are always constantly busy and, not, and never stop and take a rest. Believe it or not, I told Brother Bob, Brother Bob, believe it or not, I do rest. 
If you call me on Friday evening, it's family night. I'm not going to answer the phone because that time belongs to my family, and that's when I'm focused. If you call me after five on a Saturday, that time belongs to Robin Barry. She put up with me for 20 plus years, and you haven't. That's her time. You can't get me right then. I'm going to be resting. <laughs> If you get me on Saturday morning because I work on Sundays, Saturday is my Sabbath. Most times you're not going to be able to get me on Saturday morning. If I show up, it's just because I want to show up, but I have to have some time set for rest because if not, the enemy will sneak in. And that's the worst thing the enemy can do is get you to keep your life out of balance. You're so busy doing stuff that you are not able to accomplish anything in an excellent way of what God has accomplished because because you're always distracted. I can't give my all to this because I got to give some to that. I can't give my all to God because I got to give some to this. And sometimes that's biblical, Pastor Ernie. The Bible says that the virgin, her time should be spent on God. But when she gets married, she spends her time with her husband. It's okay for you to have proportionally and proper uh, uh, designated time and, and, and devotion. But what I'm saying is if we'll all be honest and we really did a budget and an assessment of our time and our focus, we would all probably honestly be able to say, I'm not spending as much time with God and on my spiritual growth as I need to, I'm not really focused. <laughs> and while I'm not focused, if you start to deal with Sanballat and Tobiah and you begin to get distracted, the next thing you know, if you listen to them, death comes with it. <laughs> well, I spend all my time on TikTok. And I'm fine, Pastor. I spent all my time watching inspirational video and nothing's happening to me. I'm well alive. Yeah, but your marriage is dead. Your kids don't know your name, really. You don't know what their favorite color is or what they're doing or what's going on in their life. Your relationship with them is dying. Well, I need to be informed. I need to watch the news and know what's going on in the world. That's fine. But... You've done it so much. Sometimes we do that till we become annoying and people don't see Christ. They see Democrat or Republican. You're distracted. I hate to tell you, Jesus rode a donkey, but it wasn't a Democratic donkey. And he never rode an elephant. And when he comes back here, he's riding on a white horse with, with a sash down his thigh that doesn't say Democratic or Independent or Libertarian or Republican. It says King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Don't allow the things of men and of this world to distract you from the purpose of God in your life. I see Sister McLaughlin. It's in my heart good to see her walk in. She can't stay, but Sister McLaughlin, God bless you. Everybody say hello to her. I'm glad to see her. She hasn't been able to come. We're praying for you and Brother Archie. God bless. Don't get distracted. Hallelujah. If you get distracted, you will not achieve your goal. Now, sometimes we're not distracted by detractors. Everybody say distracted by detractors. 
What's the detractor? Somebody, a naysayer, somebody who purposely tries to get us off point. There are algorithms and science designed to keep you focused on social media, keep you focused on news, keep you from being productive in life and doing what God has called you to do. But number two, you can be distracted by desire. Everybody say, I'm distracted by my desire. Now, when I say that, I want you to listen to me because most people think if you don't have some kind of lustful desire for the flesh that you're not distracted. But your desire may be that I want people to affirm me and tell me that I'm a good preacher or a teacher. And therefore, I use too much of my time trying to be a good pastor for you and not a good enough father for my children. You can be distracted by all sorts. Some people have a need for friendship and they will abandon people that they need them most for the people that will give them the friendship that they feel like they need. They, some people need affirmation and you're trying to have a certain amount of money in your bank account and you will neglect God because that job has become your God. When the job comes and says jump, you say how long and how high? They say I need your service at the church. You start making excuses distracted if you can't say amen we can be distracted by our desires pull up James chapter 1 verse 14 through 15 I don't want you to just take my word for it chapter 1 verses 14 through 15 if they pull it up you can start reading it with me but I'm going to go ahead and read it it simply says this but each person is tempted Oh, they got it up. They're moving. Give them a hand. They move so fast. They didn't have that. <laughs> They're working. We're going to read that together. What did it say? But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. I'm sorry, but you can't be Flip Wilson. The devil didn't make you miss church. Your greed made you miss church. The devil didn't make you miss church. Your laziness made you miss church. I'm not, I know people have to work. I'm realistic. But at the same time, God says six days you shall labor and, and the seventh day shall you rest. If you are ignoring God's command for rest, chasing money, you are not obeying the command of God and you are distracted. What you're saying is, God, I don't trust you to give it to me in six. So I got to work all seven. I don't believe you powerful enough to meet my needs in six days. So I got to work all seven to meet my own. Each man is enticed when we're carried away by his own what? Desire. Somebody said the devil didn't make me do it. Now, if you both say I did it all on my own. <laughs> and then you wonder why you're tired and you're stressed out. And you need to see a counselor or you need to see a psychologist or you're in the doctor because you're sick because your own desire or your need for affirmation or your need for money or your need to achieve has pushed you to a place where you are ignoring the commands of God. And now you have been distracted and because you are distracted, now you're having a nervous breakdown or you're thinking about harming yourself. And when distraction comes, soon destruction will follow. Worked so hard. I've seen it, Pastor, and I've seen it. All the time I've seen it, I worked in corporate America a long time. I've seen 
corporations, been in corporations where people work day in and day out just to put food on the table. And they had enough, but they wanted more and realized that when the company got tired of them, they lost that job. But the person they went back to said, you lost me too. You lost me way before you lost the job. And they come home to no job, no money, and no spouse either. Because they put their faith in stuff and not in God. What does verse 15 say? It doesn't just stop and that is it's a process. Go back to 114. I want us to read that together. I'm almost done. Let's start back in 14 and read that. I want to read that and then go to verse 15. What does it say? But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then what? Verse 15. Then desire, when it is conceived, gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, brings birth to death. When you're distracted with your work and your job, working is good. A man doesn't work to her. I don't believe he should eat unless he's disabled and that's different. But other than that, you don't work, you don't eat. But here's the thing. When you want to achieve so bad that you disobey God and your desire to achieve or your desire to, to have this and neglect your families or neglect your God or neglect your service and your time at church, God doesn't ask for much. You got to do more stuff outside of the church. You got to be able to live life outside of the church. I get that. I get that God wants you to have an abundant life on every, every facet. But Brother Terhan, do you not know that we have a clock on our teachers and they get deducted if they go over 45 minutes? You know why? Well, pastor, you go over 45 minutes. That's fine. Get your own church and you can too. But you have 45 minutes. <laughs> and they have evaluations. I have evaluations. And the, and, the, and the Bible study people are going to have evaluations for them too. Why? Because it's important. I feel that they are serving the people when people can be honest and say, you're giving me what I need or I'm not getting what I need. And we can help them to adjust to become better teachers. And when they become better teachers, we become better students and live a better life. But it only, it's only 45 minutes on Wednesday. How many people can make it to Bible study, Turhan? 45 minutes. That's less than it takes for your lunch break. But oftentimes we become distracted. And when we become distracted, we swap things. See, things become idols, Brother Ernie. What is an idol? An idol is anything that takes the place of the worship of God. The attention that's supposed to go to God goes to that thing. So a thing could not be, there was nothing wrong with rocks and mortar and stones and statues. What was wrong in the Old Testament was that they took those rocks, turned them into an idol, and then took the attention that they were supposed to devote to God and begin to devote it to bow before an altar that couldn't do anything for them. There's nothing wrong with having a car, but if you got to miss church every, every week to pay for that car, that might something wrong with that car nothing wrong with dates and date nights I have have fun at date night and sometimes we haven't got to go in a while but like Stacy said I like to go go with them too we like to go and have some fun but if we stay out and party all night long and we late for church then date night has become a idol and when you get distraction distracted you'll soon find destruction but this is what I want you to get. 
I think I drove that point home enough. But this is what Nehemiah said that I find so important. Nehemiah could have said, you know what? I have been working hard. Sister Stella, I've been working really hard, and I, I deserve a break. As a matter of fact, we built this wall in record time. The only thing we got to do is put the doors up. I can spend a little time and go talk with them. I work really hard, seven days a week. I can have a little money. It doesn't mind if I miss church this week. It, uh, it doesn't. You can't miss church, and that's quite all right. You're not, it's not a salvific. It's you. You're not going to lose your salvation. The problem is when that statement becomes more common than the other one, that you miss more church than you see. You have become distracted. So how do I handle these things, Pastor? How do I manage these things when I'm trying to pick up the pieces? You put the things back in line. I like what Nehemiah said. Nehemiah had priorities. He knew they were trying to kill him. He probably wasn't going anyway. But I like what he says. I'm going back to verse 2 of Nehemiah. Because this is where we finished. Y'all can pull that up. Nehemiah chapter 6 verse 2. It says, Sanballat and Geshem sent to me saying, Come and let us meet together at Hakephirim in the plain of Ono. But they intended to do me harm. And this is how Nehemiah said it. He says, what? Read it with me. And I sent to them messages. He didn't come himself. He didn't have time to deal with it. He sent somebody else. I sent messengers to them. Read it with me saying, I am doing a great work and I can't not come down why should the work stop while I leave it and come down to you well you such a great worker we can't get along without you we need you to do some more work you know what when I die you gonna have my job posted before my obituary is written so you know what I give you what I what you asked for but tonight is church and I'm going to church today is church and I'm going to church tonight is small group a time with my family why because that's what God is more in, pleased with and I'm doing a great work and why should the work cease so I can be bothered with you I love you boss but I ain't got time for that Well, we having a party, and you haven't come out with us in a while. That's and you don't hang out like you used to. You're a party pooper. I understand that. But you neglect your kids, and you always a juvenile detention for your kids because you like to party all the time. So I'm going to stop hanging with you and spend some time with my children because it's not going to help my seed nor my future generation to invest time with you. I've got to invest time with them. I love you, buddy, but I ain't got time for that. Our life would be better if when we weighed the scales of our life and the devotions to the things in our life were here and devotion to the things for God were here, that the one that was devoted to God was heavier than the one that was devoted to the world. Yes, I want you to work. I work. <laughs> Isn't it amazing? Pastor Ernie, I work two jobs and neither one of them are part time. I work over 40 hours a week on one, and I still work on the other, but somehow God has given me the strength to find time to still do stuff. And sometimes, Pastor Ernie, it amazes me when people come to me for excuses why they can't do things. I had a hard day at the office. 
I've been working. I will come, but I, I'm, I'm really tired. And I'm looking at them and I'm smiling while I worked 14 hours a day or just got off an airplane while I was in a hotel room studying the word of God and working on teachers' evaluations to evaluate teachers and do all this other stuff. And then I watched them say, I would have came to church, but blah, blah, blah. And I'm smiling. And inside, my heart is hurt. Not because they made an excuse to me. It's because I'm a shepherd and I realize they're lying to themselves. And they're really hurting themselves. And when a shepherd sees a sheep going in the wrong direction, it hurts them. And you pray for them and say, Lord, help them to please see and get their priorities in line. Some of the frustration they're having is because there is friction in their life because their priorities are upside. God said the cattle on a thousand hills is his. Why we keep looking to the job for money instead of praying to the God for money? When David slept with Bathsheba, there came a message to him that said, you greedy, David. You, you, he said this, even though David had other wives, God said, you know what? Even with the wives you had, if you wanted more, I would have gave it to you. But you chose what you wanted. And now instead of giving you the blessing, I have to let you reap what you have sown. We have a good father, Turhan, that gives good gifts to his children. He doesn't want to rebuke us. He doesn't want to destroy us. He wants to give us grace. But if we do not accept his grace and follow his path and his way, he is not just a loving father, but he is a just judge. And we have to reap what we have sown. Pastor, my kids are acting crazy. Can you have them here for Wednesdays so we can we can tell Terry to, to start working on this curriculum or that? Uh, can you have them here on Sunday? Well, no, I, I got football and all these other things I got to take them to. That, that, that. Pastor, I'm having trouble in my house and with my marriage. I need help. Well, that's great. There are principles in the Bible that deal with that. And God knows you're coming to church. If you just show up at church, maybe we'll be end up preaching something that speaks from the word of God right to you. I know, Pastor, but I got to work. But you don't have to work. You worked for six or seven days. Now you you that, that's that's extra. Well, the truth is, Pastor, I can't manage with the money I made in six days. So I have to go and do more work on seven. If you can't say amen, it hits all of us. I'm not up here preaching to condemn you while the word is hitting you. It's hitting me because as good as God has allowed me to work my schedules, I still have things that I could do better. Can we be honest that we all have things that we could do better? 
Sometimes, I'll be honest with you, that I've had times that I was doing things for my kids and a member called on the phone and I, and, and I said, I need to answer this because if I don't answer this, they're going to be mad and think I don't care. And I decided to answer the phone instead of giving attention to my kid. And the Lord got on to me about that and said, hang that phone up. If they're mad because you didn't answer the phone when they called, they don't like you, no way. Do what I told you to do. Boundaries. Everybody said boundaries. You got to set boundaries. I love you, but that's time that's set for my family. And I don't come knock on your door at any time of the night. And I'm thankful for our family. They don't, our church family, they don't really come knock on us. Our door is always open, really. We love you and you don't abuse that. But some people, every now and then in your life, you will have, not at this church, but you're going to have in life some toxic people that do not know boundaries. They always want you to help them with their problem, but they don't have time for you when it comes to there. And I tell you this, if they get mad, turn on you know what I learned about? Boundaries are only a problem for people who like to cross them. I know you're having problems with your family and with your husband, but I've been telling you two or three weeks what to do and you won't do it. They got counselors for that. I ain't, I ain't got time for that. My time is to give the word of God that somebody assigned to do this. But he doesn't care. Yes, I do. I'm going to send you to somebody who has the time and the expertise to give you exactly what you need. Yeah, we'll give you some counselor. We do it all the time. And I love to do it. But at some point, there comes a need when you need more than I have the capacity to give. And I wouldn't love you if I just said so I could say everybody needs. Oh, they all need me. They're going to die without me. If I die and find out, they, you'll find out. How much people really need you? That job just, I'm the best person at the job, and the job just ain't going to work unless I show up, die, and find out. Spend time with your family. Spend time in prayer. Spend time in your biblical devotion. Spend time giving time to God. If you can show up to Bible study and you within 30 minutes, show up. I'm preaching to the choir because everybody in here just about in Bible study. <laughs> Y'all good. Y'all faithful. We have a bunch of people in Bible study. Grateful for that. That's not the case all over the world. But we do have a good group of people and we got good teachers. And I'm grateful for those teachers. We, we're a little bit above the norm to her. We, I, sometimes I tell my, my friends how many people I had in Bible study. And they say, what? <laughs> but that's a great thing. But I want to encourage you. Keep your priorities in the main thing, the main thing. And the only way you're going to do it is if you learn how to use this phrase. I don't know how many words. It's not, ain't really a word. But I'm from the South. I give you permission to use it. I ain't got time for that. I can't be everything to you and be everything to my family. I can't be everything to you and be everything to my wife. I can't be everything to this job. And, and my church, the members, the, the members in the church are stressed out because five or 20 people are doing the work while 100 come and just sit and look. They overworked because I give you all my time. I ain't got time for that. 
Is this helping anybody today? Amen. Is this convicting anybody today? Can you be honest? You don't have to put your hand up. But I'm telling you this because I love you. And I want you to have the best that God has for you. To have a, a balanced and an abundant life. I'm not going to tell you that you're going to be rich. That might not be God's will for your life. I'm not going to tell you that you're going to have everything you want. But I can tell you this, that if you put your priorities in order and focus on what God wants you to focus on, you'll have peace in your life. And I'd much rather have a heart full of peace than a pocket full of money. I'd rather have than a bunch of degrees on my wall, a bunch of company awards, a bunch of pictures of the work I did with, with my hands. When I'm laying on my deathbed, I don't want to even be in a room full of my degrees. I want my children and my family around me. I want people that love me because I took the time to focus on them. Because at the end of the day, that's what matters most. I don't care if they put me on CNN. They may never know who I am. The majority of the world may ever, never know my name. But what I do want, and this is the only title I seek, is servant. Well done. God, I pray today that we hear what you're saying to us and we heed your gentle nudge to set our houses in order. That we learn to focus on the things you called us to focus on and to be able to delineate and determine what is our desire versus what is your calling. And we put your calling and your purpose first. Because, God, I'm a living witness, and I know that when we focus on the things you desire, you give us some of the desires of our heart. Help us to have both and have balance. And we'll be careful to give you the praise. Let somebody who's hearing me online hear your love and hear your grace and your mercy calling out to them that there's better for you. You don't have to live broke, busted, and disgusted, and stressed out, and overworked, and overrun. You don't have to be all things to all people. You just have to be a servant to me. Keep your priorities in line. God, we thank you for that and give you all the praise. In the mighty and the matchless name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Somebody give God a hand clap of praise.